You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey, everybody. Uh, Today, we have on the podcast... Sarah Humes. Um, She is really inspirational. If you're looking for a little kick in the butt today, a little bit of like, I need to get over fear. I need to get over anxiety. I don't know how to do that. Sarah is your girl. She is an optimistic and goal-oriented author, speaker, and professional encourager, which is like the most awesome job title I've ever heard in my life. Uh, She's overcome anxiety, depression, and agoraphobia and helps other women live bravely through her business called Encourage Living. So I hope you enjoyed today and you get some inspiration to bring into your own life. Guys, today I am so excited to welcome Sarah Humes to the show. Hi, Sarah. Hey, how are you? Good. Welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. I was actually just... um, So anytime somebody requests to be on the podcast or I ask them to be on the podcast, they fill out a form, right? And I was just reading your form about everything about you. And I'm, I'm so excited to have you on because I really resonate with so much of what you said today. So I know that you're a speaker and you're a goal-oriented author and you help people live their best lives. Tell us a little bit about that, who you are and what you bring to the world. Yeah. So I, um, I have this business that is called Encourage Living and it kind of started because for years I lived with anxiety and depression and like all these really hard things that a lot of people suffer in silence with. And I felt kind of miserable and sad suffering alone. And, you know, for years I just felt like this really weak and sad person, like, oh, I have anxiety. So that means that I'm a really fearful person. But what it what I didn't realize was that I was like totally strong and totally courageous because I was fighting every single day. Like I was getting up and I was giving my all to my family. I was giving my all to the world around me, even though I was scared of everything. And and when I say everything, like I'm talking like even kittens terrified me. Um, In fairness, they terrify me too. Yeah. I mean, but (laughs) it was like, yeah, they do have claws. And I mean, like I legitimately had real phobias that were controlling my life. And, um, you know, at one point I was struggling with agoraphobia and I was terrified to leave my house. And so every time I went to the grocery store, I was conquering fears and, and, um, and to some people it was like, okay, so you, you went to the grocery store. But to me, I was like, I went to the grocery store today. You guys, I was winning at life. And, and I wanted people to recognize that just because they were dealing with anxiety and, and uh, panic attacks and things like that, I wanted them to recognize that there was so much power behind fighting what they were fighting. And, um, and I just wanted to be a light in a really dark place where, when people are struggling with this. And, uh, and that's just how that whole vision was born. And, and I have just kind of ran with it. So mm, it's amazing. So it sounds to me like, um, you had a moment of, well, okay, I'm not giving into, I have the fear, but I'm not giving into the fear. I'm using the fear as fuel and I'm feeling triumphant because I'm, I'm moving past the fear or you're using the fear really as a, um, a tool to, you know, 
fuel your life. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And now, you know, as I've looked back and I'm like, okay, I've conquered this one and I've conquered this one. Now I'm like, I actually just, um, my neighbor runs a t-shirt business and I had him design these awesome t-shirts that say fear ain't the boss of me. And I mm. love wearing them. Um, you know, cause like I've been going through some really scary medical things. And so I wear them into these, you know, really scary doctor's appointments. And I love watching people's face light up when they look over and I've got this awesome empowering t-shirt on that says fear ain't the boss of me. And, and I just, and every once in a while, like I'll make eye contact with somebody and I'll be like, fear's not the boss of you either. And I love just giving that message to the world. So, yeah, I think that the, the truth is that we all have fear and you had talked about just now about suffering in silence, um, with anxiety and, and all of that. And it's such a, um, epidemic amongst women, especially that we suffer in silence because we're so afraid to admit, and we're so afraid to ask for help. And, um, how, how are you able to change that mentality Um, not just by doing it, but really like being able to be open and experience what other people's experience is with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think all it takes is one person to be a voice and to be the front runner, you know, and just say, okay, I'm struggling. And, and, you know, almost like back when the, the Me Too campaign was really big and people were like, just saying, you know what, I'm going through this too. So I'm, I'm willing to be a front runner and say, this is my issue. Do you struggle with this too? Come along with me. Let's, let's struggle together and be strong together. And, um, and I love seeing people realize that there's so much strength when we struggle together, we lift each other up. Um, you know, I love being a woman who lifts other women up. And when you see that happen, you know, when you see someone go to the dentist for the first time in 15 years because they've been terrified, or you see someone get on an airplane for the first time in their life. I love seeing that stuff happen because, you know, fear is not holding them back anymore. And they were just willing. I think sometimes fear only has power over us when we suffer in silence. Like when we put words to our fear, it loses its power. Mm. Yeah, that's really important. So I, I wish you guys could see Sarah right now because she has uh, a really glowing smile, by the way. When you talk <laughs> about this, like you smile and you're glowing and I can tell how much you love it. So I just think that that's amazing. I just wanted to share that with everybody Aww. that can't see you right now. So here, he, so, you know, I'm in the process of writing a book, actually, that's going to be coming out in January. It's called, right now it's called Shamelessly Feminine. Who knows what it's going to be called then? But uh, I talk quite a bit about fear and I also talk a lot about compliments and you talk a lot about compliments. I want to, I want to kind of touch on both of those because I think for me, uh, I've all, I've had that experience of fear in my life and, and going through things and training your mind to think differently. But I'm curious what your experience has been when you see somebody push through fear or in, even in your own life and do something like get on an airplane for the first time. Does it have that trickle effect to the other parts of their lives? Oh yeah, it definitely does. Because once again, you know, our, I actually, I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy and I think it's so true for women and I love it so much. Um, there's this, this marriage speaker I heard, he, um, he compares men and women. It's so, it's so funny. He says that men are like waffles, like very compartmentalized. Um, but women are like spaghetti and all of our parts of our lives touch all the other parts. And so, you know, if that woman is brave enough to get on an airplane, suddenly she realizes that she's brave enough to maybe 
set a boundary that she's never set in her life before, or that she's brave enough to apply for a job that she's always wanted, or she's brave enough to declutter her closet for the first time in 20 years. Mm. And I love, it totally does. It's a trickle down effect. And it just excites me so much because that's totally what happened in my life. Like when I realized that even though I was, um, I live in Northwestern Pennsylvania where the winters are brutal. We have lake effect snow. And so it's nothing for us to get, you know, two or three feet of snow at one time. And so I think part of that is how my agoraphobia started because driving in that amount of snow is terrifying. And so when I realized that I was taking all the proper precautions to drive safely, I had good snow tires, I had a safe car, I wasn't driving far, you know, and I would, and I would be like, okay, I'm prepared. I can do this. I need to feed my family today. I need to go get groceries for them. So I would go and come home safely. And I'd be like, well, look at that. I did that. So now I can do this. And it just, it really is truly empowering to just take those little steps, those little baby steps and just keep building on them. Some people can't take those steps. Some people would just get, you know, so frozen by the fear. How do you, what's some advice you would give to somebody that's listening to this right now? That's like, okay, whatever you make it sound so easy. It's not so easy. I would definitely encourage them. Um, First of all, to find, you know, I I call myself a professional cheerleader, um, but, you know, find someone, you know, whether, whether it's a group like mine or, or a good friend, someone to just really do the work with them. I am, you know, part of what I do, it took me eight years of therapy to get Mm -hmm. to where I did. It was a lot of hard work. It wasn't easy. It was daily work, you know, um, you know, one of the things that, um, I think you might have been mentioning before is um, I would use compliments that people gave me as my affirmations. Mm. So like I wouldn't just pull affirmations out of thin air. Like like sometimes when I read affirmations that other people had written, I'd be like, yeah, I don't feel like that affirmation really applies to me. Mm-hmm. So I would use compliments that my friends and family had given me. And I would use them as my own personal affirmations. So um, you remember in the book, The Help, where she says, you is kind, you is important, you know, and and she was using those as her affirmations. Mm -hmm. So I know that, you know, people think I'm funny. So I would use my humor as part of my affirmation. And sometimes I would use that as part of my coping mechanism too. Mm. So, you know, a lot of sometimes anxiety leads to really embarrassing and awkward situations. I would, I would lean into that. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've listened to some time, some of the stuff that you have spoken about and you talk about leaning into that pain. Yeah. I would lean into it with a humorous perspective because that's sometimes that's the only way I could do it. And so I would lean into that being ready to laugh because sometimes you just have to be willing to open yourself up a little bit to laugh at what's happening because anxiety is really hard. And if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. And I mean, not that sometimes you just got to cry too, you right? know, <laughs> you have to be open to whatever is going to happen. Yeah. But, um, you know, I loved, I loved just being willing to learn. Um, yeah. But it did, it took like eight years of me just being willing to learn every day and, really patient friends and really, really patient husband and 
you know, and kids that were, my kids are just so phenomenal. They would be like super motivating. Um, but you know, looking at them and knowing that I didn't want them to have a mom that was afraid to touch a kitten. And so I would, I would just be like, okay, so mom's gonna, mom's gonna touch this cat now because I'm pretty tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'd want to do stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's so great. And I, I do, I talk about compliments a lot being that, as women, you know, we're given a compliment and we often go, Oh, what? No, thank you. (laughs) You know, like not really in so many words, but you know, I might say to you, Oh, you know, I love your dress. Oh, it's like, I just bought it for like $12 at this plate. Like it's thank you. You know, like whatever, (laughs) you know, and what we're doing is really shutting down the love that people are giving us. And I, and I always say when people give you a compliment, it's the truth. Right. you, You might not believe them, but what they're saying to you is the truth. It's their truth. Maybe not everybody agrees with them, but it's their truth. And when you shut down that compliment, you're denying them of that truth. You're denying the love and you're denying that, that um, energy that goes back and forth between two people. And it's like, you're just shutting that shit down, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's like, you really need to just really learn how to not only take compliments, but I love how you write them down and use them for affirmations. I think that that's amazing. It's an amazing tip. And it really is so powerful. Like, <laughs> I mean, just this weekend, um, it's funny how things work out because um, it was actually last weekend now. I can't believe another weekend has already come and gone. <laughs> but I was out with a whole bunch of friends um, now two weekends ago. And I was I was with a friend and she just, she came up and just paid me like this whole circle of compliments. And they were the sweetest things. And I was just like, thank you so much. And I like kind of just soak them all in because they were the sweetest words. And I didn't even know why. I was just like, I have no idea why you're saying these things to me, but thank you so much. And I just let them resonate with my soul because I felt like I was going to need them. And then like the next day, my husband and I had the biggest fight and I just needed her truth to lean on to get me through this fight with my husband. And it was amazing. And it was just really funny because I and I, actually, when I was arguing with my husband, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use the truth that Lisa gave me right now while we're going through this. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, and, and so those those truths do get us through those hard times and they're really powerful. So yeah, I think that that's great. So yeah. talk to me about, I want to talk about decluttering. You yes. consider yourself like a minimalist, yeah? I do. I do. I tell love about that. I love it. So I really think that um, minimalism is kind of, the heart of how I was able to overcome a lot of my mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we get rid of all of our extra stuff, we have room to kind of like just give our brain space to breathe. Mm. Um, and not that my house was ever really messy or truly what most people would consider cluttered, but um, I just think that getting rid of anything that did not feed my passions, that did not feed the true Sarah-ness that's in my soul. It was just like, I am a passionate person and my passion is big. And anything that's in my life that that did not serve me did not belong in my home. And mm-hmm. I, um, so my family and I, we took on this really cool project in the early months of 2017. We challenged ourselves to get rid of 2,000 items. Mm. 
And we did that like really fast. It was, it was so much faster than we had ever thought. We had actually planned on taking about six months to do it. And I think we did it in like six weeks. Wow. And yeah, it was kind of addictive. We were like, this is fun. And um, because my mom has actually moved in with us since my dad had passed away. So my house is about 1,100 square feet, which is not very big. And since I've been able to move past my fear of animals, my mom brought her dog when she moved in. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. And so we have five people and a dog and now two cats living in, in wow. our house. And it's a small house. And so it's pretty pretty tight here. And so we got rid of 2,000 items. And then we were like, this is so much fun. And so we did it again. And we this time it took a little bit longer because, you know, it was a little bit harder. We had gotten rid of the fluff stuff, right, you know? Right, right. Um, so this time was a little bit like we were more pensive when we were going through things. We're like, do we really need this? Mm. Does this serve me? What, what purpose does this book have in our life? What purpose does this artwork have in our life? And we were really thoughtful, um, but it was amazing. And we just, but it was, what was incredible was as we got rid of stuff, we were like, noticing what really mattered. And then we finally, for the first, we had lived in our house for seven years and we still had not even changed the contractor paint from our walls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just still the white flat paint. And so we finally painted our downstairs and it looks beautiful. Um, Just really inspiring colors. And we had chosen really purposeful artwork now. Everything that's hanging in our house has a message or a purpose or an inspiration or an intention. And I love that. Um, And our kids, like, I just think that our kids are so much more well-rounded. Like they, they read more, they play more, they, um, they're, they're nine and um, 12 and they are just so phenomenal. Like they stand out among their peers just because of this minimalist journey. Mm. Um, I mean, they're still kids. They have their moments, yeah. but it is just, it's so much fun. People, people definitely come to my, my page and my website for that stuff. They just want to know more. Mm. So it's really, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I give you a lot of credit. This is something I've tried to embrace multiple times and I don't know why I can't do it. It's like, you know, I'll clean out my closet and I'll go, Oh good. Room for more clothes. <laughs> you know? or, but the, you know, there's been, there was a very brief time in my life where I, I sort of did like the whole capsule wardrobe thing and it yeah. really works. I mean, it's, it's so nice to not have to think like I travel a lot. So it would be like, all right, I'm just going to grab like these two shirts, these two sweaters, these two jeans, they still mix and match and they all, you know, whatever, it's all easy. But, um, I think it's, it's a a battle. The minimalism battles with my creative mind and wanting to be different and stand out and be creative and, you know, be surrounded by pretty things. And, and, you know, so it's like a battle. And I do find it's a huge battle with the kids that are, their kids are always like a more, 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 more. Um, Kids are a similar age. So it's, it's really hard for them to understand that. And, you know, especially like in, in an area that I live in that more always seems to be better, which I try to explain to my children. It's not always true. 
it's overwhelming sometimes. It's overwhelming. So I give you a lot of credit for being able to do that. I could, I bet you I could throw away 2,000 things in this house today and my family wouldn't even notice. <laughs> like that. so in fact, my kids are at summer camp right now. And usually when they go to summer camp, we clean out the house. And we did this last summer. Like I threw away like everything in the basement and they came home and they didn't even notice it was gone. It's like... That's so funny. They didn't even yeah. say anything. So... Yeah. Well, you know, I think when it comes to getting rid of things, you just have to choose like what your passions are. Like, you know, and I think that's it. Like my passions, like I like to have like fun wardrobe stuff too. So I definitely don't have a capsule wardrobe. Um, but I found like I was holding on, like, I, I love to paint, but I, um, for some reason I had all these like old scrapbooking supplies mm-hmm. and I felt like I needed to keep them because I, I'm like artistic mm-hmm. and I'm like doing the air quotes, but I'm like, but that was not my artistic side. I needed to keep my painting supplies, mm-hmm. like my canvas and my paint. I did not need my scrapbooking supplies. And it was just kind of funny, like what I, what I was holding on to because I felt like an artist needed that. And I'm like, nope. I don't need that. I don't, you know, and it's just, I really, as you pare down more and more, it's really exciting. So how do you, how do you deal with that, that internal thought that comes into your mind that goes, well, what if you need it one day? What if? I love this question. Oh, it gets me excited. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So the minimalists, you know, like the actual guys, the minimalists, I can never remember the names. Joshua and Ryan are their first names. Uh, But they have this 2020 rule and they said that if you can replace it within 20 minutes or under $20, get rid of it. And I have done this and I can tell you, we have not replaced a single thing. Is there anything you've ever gotten rid of that you missed? There was one time where I went to put on a dress. It was actually a dress that I bought for my father's funeral. And I didn't realize that I had purged it. And so I have this rule that, um, because another thing that your your listeners will not know about me is that I am a very large woman. And so when I, when I have this rule that just because I'm large does not mean that I should not look fabulous. And so, um, but apparently I must've put on this dress and not felt fabulous in it one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that meant that I got rid of it. Like mm-hmm. if, if I do not feel a hundred percent amazing in something, it does not belong in my life. And so, um, so I went to pull that dress out for a speaking engagement I had, um, because it was a very professional looking dress too. And cause I actually spoke at my dad's funeral. So I, um, so I wore a professional dress, which was kind of funny now looking back at it, but, um, <laughs> like, why did I choose that dress? But anyways, um, so I went to pull out that dress and it was gone. And I was like, for just like five seconds, I was like, Oh, I got rid of that dress. Mm. But then I was like, yeah, I did. I must not have felt good in that. Right, <laughs> I was right. so proud of myself. <laughs> like so it was, funny. yeah, it was, I was really proud of myself afterwards. I was like, I'm proud that I got rid of it if I wasn't feeling like a boss in it. So yeah, that's amazing. Cause I like, yeah. for me, I always say I have a closet full of nothing to wear. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's so much stuff you put on. You're like, why did I even buy this? Like, <laughs> this mm-hmm. doesn't even look good on me. What was I thinking? So let's talk about it because you, you addressed for one moment, um, feeling fabulous, regardless of your body size, shape, anything of that nature. And you know that I'm a huge proponent of that. So let's, let's address that. I read your blog post about that, you know, 
was it a woman at the, that worked at the store was handing a t-shirt to somebody and said, Oh, I don't want you to think you're fat. I'm giving you an extra large, but really they run small. And you know, th- this whole thing that we have going on in our heads and in the store. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was actually, it was two, two of my friends. Um, one of my friend was giving her, um, giving another friend a t-shirt oh, okay. and it was so adorable because they're in my mind, they are just both so tiny. And, um, and so my one friend handed the others, um, uh, this t-shirt that had an extra large tag on it. And she said, now, listen, I don't want you to think you're fat. I don't want you to think I think you're fat. Cause I know this says it's extra large, but it actually fits like a medium. And they were just having this most adorable exchange. <laughs> and, um, and you know, and I think they were kind of oblivious to the fact that I was watching and, um, you know, I wear, I wear a 4X and I'm not embarrassed to admit that. Um, so maybe, people would be horrified to admit that, but I'm not, um, you know, I've, I've struggled with my weight all my life. And I actually just right before we hopped on the interview, just got off the phone with my nutritionist and, you know, so I'm very proactive in trying to take good care of myself. And so it's not like I'm someone who says, you know, you know, kind of like to heck with it and not, you know, not to take care of myself. I'm very, I take care of myself. I don't know exactly why my body won't lose weight. (laughs) So I like to take care of myself, but so I just, I just thought their exchange was adorable. And so I walked up to them and they're both kind of more on the shy side. And I walked up to them and I said, girls, what that's, what that tag says doesn't matter. All, all that matters is if, can you shake it like this? And I started dancing and they were just laughing hysterically. But I just, you know, I wanted to show them some solidarity that it doesn't matter what size we wear. We all struggle internally and externally in some ways with how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. And we need, we need good friends to rally around us. And, um, you know, it was just such a, it was such a very pivotal moment, I think, in all of our lives, like where we could, you know, they could laugh with someone, you know, three times their size. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a very relaxing moment. And it was just, and I hoped that I could provide them with a little comic relief too, because I know it was an awkward exchange for them. Um, and the shirt was really cute too. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, did she buy the shirt? That's what like, at the end of the day, that's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is true though, you know, and it's funny how like the fashion industry even is like messing with us and changing the sizes so that we believe that we're thinner than we are, this and that, and how much stock we really put into that number. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, when I had wrote that blog post, I even, I even put, if, if I put all my self-worth in a tag or a number, I would literally never leave my house again. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and I know that I have so much more to offer the world than, yeah. than what any scale or shirt size or any other person's opinion says about me. Like, yeah. I know that I bring a lot of light to the world. And, and that's what I wanted to do to those girls because I saw that awkward exchange going on. And I was like, nope, we're going to just, you know, like I said, that, that comedy that was needed at that moment. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think sometimes we, we forget how other people see us. And I, and I always say that like we, a mirror is just not a good representation of who we are. We need our friends and our loved ones to mirror us and we need to believe them and and understand it. You know, I mean, like if somebody said to me, Oh, who's Sarah? You know, I wouldn't be like, Oh, well, she's a, you know, size four X. And like, that's not like the 
80th thing that I would say about you. Certainly not the first thing I would say, you know? Right. So it's like when people describe people that they love and the way that they see them has nothing to do with their size, has nothing to do with their shape, with the amount of cellulite. This is something I have to constantly remind myself too, by the way part of why I'm saying it. Uh, so I think it's regardless of size or how you take care of yourself. It's, it's just, um, I think when you are, you know, you mentioned something about unconventional beauty. And I think that I definitely put myself in that category as well, since I had a mastectomy and I'm reconstructed, I'm definitely not conventional. My body's different than most women's bodies. So Mm -hmm. it could very much get into your head mentally. Well, I'm not like them. I'm not like them. I'm not like them. But at the end of the day, I am, I am like every other woman. I have feelings and I have a heart and I have a brain and I, you know, I have a soul. Those are the things that really, I think, that people look at. And sometimes they look at those unconventional things as um, even a positive thing, or we see it as negative, but they see it as, wow, look at the things that you've triumphed over. And look at, you know, like for you pushing through all that fear and, you know, it's amazing. It's just, I really want to commend you on that. I just think it's fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much. So the other thing is that I want to share with you is I saw that you have a love of jewelry and I have to tell you, I do too. I love jewelry, shoes, bags, because they always fit. (laughs) (laughs) You feel fabulous, right? (laughs) So um, tell us something about like your favorite piece of jewelry or designer or something. What do you like to wear? I love all, like I love anything. Okay. I love anything really blingy. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but pretty much if my 14-year-old niece would wear it, I'm going to love it. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. So how does like, that fit into your minimalism? That's, that's, this is my question. Like, this yeah. is really, like, I love shoes. Like, my kids are always like, you have like 100 pairs of shoes. I'm like, lay off. I also have a job. So therefore, you can't get <laughs> my shoes. But, um, you know. But, you know, once again, it's a passion. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if I ha- I don't keep jewelry that I don't wear, um, and you know, my nieces benefit greatly from this. Um, <laughs> so funny. But I, uh, you know, I have pieces that I wear. I love, I love jewelry with words. Mm. Like, um, so I'm not going to lie. Claire's gets a lot of business from me. <laughs> so great. Um, I just, I actually just found this beautiful key. Uh, it's just a, a like a, gold colored key that says the word brave on it. And I wear it so much because, you know, there's so many moments in life where I have to be brave. And right now I'm just wearing, um, a strand of pearls that I actually usurped from my nine-year-old's jewelry box. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I love giant earrings. Oh my gosh. Like if they are feathery and the bigger, the better. Oh my goodness. I love them. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just love big earrings, big hoops, big feathers. It just sounds to me like the jewelry, the glittery, and the statement making certainly suits your personality. (laughs) Yeah, I have so much fun with it. Like I try, every once in a while, I'll just try to wear like a pair of studs and I'm like, these are so boring. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. I can't. Like I always end up switching to a pair of hoops. Like if I'm, if I'm going for like just a normal day, like I'll just, I'll, I have a pair of hoops that, that, 
I was bought for my birthday and I'll wear them. <laughs> so funny. I love it. Sarah, I think that your um, bravery and your personality and your smile is definitely infectious. And oh, thank um, you. I want to know where people can find you if they're interested in learning more about what you do and about you. So where can we find you? Absolutely. So my website is sarahrosehumes.com. And then if people want to find me on Facebook, I have facebook.com slash encourage living, but the encourage is spelled a little different. It's like in, like I N courage living. Um, and then when you're there, if you would be interested, I actually have a group, which is really fun. This is kind of like a, a girls only club. And I love this group that I have. It's called connect to courage. And I love this group. This is where we really dive in a little bit deeper and apply courage day to day. And we do some more like challenges and people get a little bit more access to me in this group. And that is, um, you can actually join that from my Facebook page. There's a visit Which group. exactly but, what I did yeah. this morning. Yes. So. I'm super excited. Yeah. So, I'm excited yeah. to be a part of it. Well, and all of this will be in the show notes as well. Sarah, I appreciate your time so much. You're infectious. You make me smile. Oh, thank you I, so much. I appreciate you and all of your courage. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.